that's just to say that you want to do something good here. I thank you. I thank you and I thank you and I can't thank you enough for the cross. The cross that brought freedom to the captives, brought sight to the blind, brought joy instead of mourning, beauty instead of ashes, Lord. And as your word says, and they shall be called oaks of righteousness. There is something that will happen here, God, if we, your people, will call you by your name. Humble ourselves and we pray. Father, I, I want to pray, too, for every church that is represented here in Norristown, that they would preach the gospel without uh, hesitancy, that they would preach the gospel with boldness, so that lives would be changed for your kingdom. So, Father, in these next few moments we have together, Lord, help us, teach us through a woman who, who wasn't too sure about how she could influence others. Yes. So as we talk about kingdom influence, let us remember what the first word is, is kingdom. It's not about our influence, but it's about the influence of Christ in us and through us. And so God, this is, once again, your time. And we give it to you. We're open to hear what you have to say to us. And Father, wherever we are on our spiritual journey, I pray today that we would take truth and apply it to our lives. And Father, if there's anyone here today who is disconnected from you, that they would come to life in Jesus today. Yes. And we give this to you and all God's people say. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Amen. Um, before I get started, I just want to say thanks to these folks here. They, they're from Keystone Fellowship and skip back to, uh, to uh, I got to sucker into doing this. No. It's an honor. Yeah, I really, really appreciate that. And uh, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy how... How God just uh, does His thing, and um, and if you have time, well, I want to honor your time today. But here, here's at the end of the day, you know what? Um, as I said just a few moments ago, God builds His church, and uh, I want to thank you all for being here today. And uh, you know, as I said, I, I hope that you get something from this today. I hope that it's not just something that, ooh, I'm going to check this off today. I got my church in. But that really that you would allow God to speak to you, that he would begin to work in your heart, whatever areas of your life that he wants to grab a hold of. Uh, he wants all of us. When I say all of us, I mean you. He wants all of you. And, uh, and he showed that by demonstrating the work of the cross. And so, so here, here's where we're going to go today. I, I, I said that um, here at Redemption 1010, we want to make sure that we do a few things well. And this is one of the things. This is our first <laughs> gathering corporately, if you want to call it. So that's pretty exciting. And, uh, okay, thank you, Lord. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, what we're calling these are 1010 worship gatherings. And uh, as you can see right below, celebrating Jesus. I'm going to stop right there because that's one of our core values as a church is to celebrate Jesus. And so we're going to celebrate him today through his word, through the music, through prayer, and through our lives. And so uh, we, we're going to take some time each month for the next several months to talk about living with kingdom influence. And so you were asked a question a few moments ago by Mike. Who has influenced you? You think of that person or those people? Can you think of them? All right, just take a moment and tell the person around you who influenced you and why in, in a brief statement. Just go ahead and say who influenced you and why. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Right on. Cool. I'm going to share. So. 
So, so each of us has had somebody influence us. Can we say yes? Yeah. All right, and then we can also say that probably there have been individuals in our lives who have influenced us for the good and influenced us for the bad. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, and so uh, I want to share with you someone outside of my dad who influenced me tremendously, but a, a gentleman by the name of Dom. Dom uh, is a, an elder at a church that I used to serve at uh, for 10 years. But what he did every Thursday is we would go and have coffee, and he would mentor me. And uh, it was awesome because I don't think I would be where I am today, not talking physically, but just as a human being and my character and who I am. And he would be someone who, he just wouldn't mentor me, but he would speak truth in my life. And, and I, I didn't like it at first because, you know, it, truth sets us free, but it'll take us off first, won't it? Right? But he would be a guy who would tell me, he's like, you're very prideful. I'd be like, no, I'm not. You know? But he would be able to speak that into my life. And he would speak about his experiences, and he journeyed with me through a lot of stuff, through our adoption, through struggles that I would have personally and things. And so that person, I, I could say, had a huge influence in my life, not just for influence's sake, but a kingdom influence in my life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's exciting. That's where we're going to go, like I said, over the next few months. But as, we, as we're looking at this idea of living with kingdom influence, I just want to give you a passage of scripture that's found in Matthew 5.16 out of the New Century Version. It says, in the same way, you should be a light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do and will praise your Father in heaven. So we're to be uh, light walkers in the world. As followers of Christ, we have the light of Christ in us, living through us, and we can live as kingdom influencers. And what happens is, is the result is that they're going to praise God. Amen. People who are far away from God are going to go, I get it. Yeah. I see why you do what you do. Amen. I see who you live for. And so that's our prayer, is that throughout this time, not just Jeff speaking, but just in our lives in the day-to-day. -day. Sunday is okay, we get filled up, but it's what you do Monday through Saturday. Amen. That's where it's at. And so I just want to give you a, a brief overview of what we're going to be looking at over the next couple months. So hopefully you'll be able to make it again and bring someone with you. You know, if you say, hey, someone needs to hear the good news of Jesus, then this is where it's going to be at. And so uh, over the next couple months, next month, we're going to look at living with dynamic influence. We're going to look at a guy by the name of Peter who spoke to a group of people that said, hey, this is what's up about the gospel. And so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about having crea uh, creative, having courageous influence. So we're going to be looking at a guy by the name of Jonathan who was influenced by uh, someone who, uh, he said, I'm going with you. And I don't want to give too much up, but that's where we're going. And then, oh my goodness, Easter's going to be here before you know it. So we're going to have Easter weekend here at 1010. And so we're getting ready to, well, I'm getting ready for that. You will be soon, those of you who are with our core group. And then finally, we're going to look in May, uh, committed to a united influence. We're going to look in the, in the book of Ephesians. And so that's where we are. And so, um, but today I want to talk to you about an unlikely influence. An unlikely influence. And so we're going to be looking at the book of, of Ruth. And so uh, if you turn there with me, we're going to look at chapter 1. If you have one of the Bibles, the 1010 Bibles, it's on page 121 in, uh, in the 1010 Bibles. And we're going to look at some things here. What we want to look at is we're going to look at verses 1 through 18. We want to look at what Scripture is saying to us. And then we want to, we want to take a look at how do we make this a part of our lives. So let's look together at Ruth. As you're turning there, Ruth chapter 1. We're going to be looking at, <clears throat> starting in verse 1. 
But in your in your outline, I want to start with this because I we got to paint the picture. We got to have the background. We have to have the backstory, so to say. But first, we want to see this: is that Ruth, excuse me, Naomi suffered loss. All right. We we have to understand the story first before we can get into why Naomi behaved the way she did. So in your outline, the first thing is that Naomi suffered loss. Naomi suffered loss. Yeah. Is <laughs> it hanging up? All right, there we go. My computer is the requirements for the program we use. Is a, like, we're a little old school with the laptop there, people. But that's all right, because Jesus never had laptops. And purpose and all, that. all right, so look, let's look together. Ruth 1, chapter 1. It says, In the day when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And so a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live there for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his sons were Malon and Kilion, from Lord of the Rings. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. And after they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons, and her husbands, not saying that she wasn't left with her two daughters-in-law. Uh, verse 6, when Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there with her two daughters-in-law and left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So we see here that in, in Israel, God's people were in the darkest period of their history. And so they did not have a king to rule them. They had judges that were ruling them. And there was a famine. And so, so Elimelech, as a good leader of his home, he said, we're going to go somewhere else so that we can survive as a family. Now, the interesting piece is that the dark, uh, a dark period here for the nation of Israel, they, they, were, they were in famine-type situation. They were in trouble because of their own disobedience towards God. I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where I've disobeyed God and I've suffered the consequences. You know, and so what we're seeing here as a nation, this is what's happening here. And and not only in the midst of the famine and not even being in your own home country, but in a country that is not God's chosen people. Elimelech and Naomi and the sons, the sons married two Moabite women, and we're going to talk about what that looks like in just a bit. But then Elimelech dies. And so in a 10-year period, Naomi's husband dies, Naomi's son-in-laws die. And, and the writer here, as we're seeing this, the, the, the daughters-in-law weren't forgotten. It was just, you know, for, for what it is, and whether you like it or not, it was, it was a male-centric culture. And so a patriarch was important, and so that's why we see that the men had died. So you see Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth all alone. And then we see, again, once again, that Orpah and Naomi, if they go back to Israel, they're foreigners into the land of Israel, and they're childless. And that was important, too, because who's going to carry on the family line of Elimelech? We're, 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 so do you see where the loss is happening here? Not only did she have loss of her husband and her sons, but she had loss, and there's no one going to carry on my family name. Now, I know in my own family, unless we have boys anytime soon, you know, the Hill family name from my side here is, is not happening because we have girls. But... But what's important for us to understand is that Naomi suffered loss. Are you with me there? Mm -hmm. And so guess what? Some of us here today have suffered loss. 
and it may be loss of a family member or a friend, it may be loss of finances, it may be loss of relationship, it may be loss of uh, integrity, it may be loss of whatever loss may be. But if we're going to be people with kingdom influence, guess what? It's in our situations that people are watching how we respond. Don't they? Yeah. And, and if you're a follower of Christ today and you share that with people, they're watching. They're waiting to see when the ball drops for you to how you're going to respond and handle your situation. So you with me there? Amen. So we have a backstory. We have to understand that, that Naomi was in a situation to where there was not going to be a male to carry on the line of a limelight. There wasn't a man to care for um, her and her daughters-in-law. See, if, if, if there was no one to care for the women in that day and culture, they were out. So you see in the New Testament book of James where it says, take care of the widow and orphan. That was near to God's heart. So, so do you see, see why this is important to understand the backstory? And so, so she suffered loss. But it's what we're going to do with our loss. It's what we're going to do with our situations, our struggles, our difficult circumstances on how we're going to respond. Because whether we like it or not, people are watching so just like in our story that we're going to see, these two daughters-in-law are going to watch what Naomi is going to do, how she's going to re respond. Now, she's already responded by what? She's going to go back. But what the second thing we want to see in our outline is this, is that Naomi missed an opportunity. So not only did Naomi suffer loss, Naomi missed an opportunity. Let's look together again back in verse 8. It says, then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands. Nothing like rubbing it in, right? And to me. May the Lord grant that each of you find, will find rest in the home of another husband. And she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. So, wow, she suffers loss. So instead of saying, I believe that the God of Israel is going to come through. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I know my God will take care of this. What does she say? God's made it bitter for me. You know, Naomi's name means pleasant or pleasantness. And here's a woman standing here not saying this, is, this isn't pleasant. This is very ugly. This is, this is, God has, God don't like me. I don't know if you've ever been there. Like, where's God in my situation? Does God even love me? Does he even care? Should I even have this thing called faith? But yet she missed an opportunity. What did she miss? What she missed was she's telling her daughter-in-laws to go. Go home. You have cared for me. I mean, think about the bond that was probably created between these women in the 10 years that they were together. I mean, you probably have relationships in your life that you're like, we are tight. And there's nothing that I would not do for this person. And so... What, what we can see, though, and it's all going to play out here in just a moment, but I believe that Orpah, the one daughter-in-law, was doing it just to be polite. Saying, that's okay, I'll stay with you. I have no future, but I'm going with you. But we're going to see that there was a, a sincerity in Ruth. 
You see, why is it an unlikely influence? Already Naomi's making excuses. She's saying, go back, return home. And it might have even been that Naomi may have been embarrassed to bring two Moabite women back to the covenant people mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been there before? I know I have. I've had, I've had times where, you know, it's right here where I just want to share about what God's done in my life and then nothing comes out because I get nervous and I get afraid, you know? I don't know about you, but, you know, I just don't do this for a living. Like, I work a job. And so there are times where it's like, it gets right here. It's like, come on, just come out. Just come out, you know? Have you been there? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But it's those times where she could have said, listen, God will come through. I don't know how it looks, but I know he will. And, and, and so we see that she missed an opportunity. Maybe there's some times that you can think about back on your life, or even this week, like, I missed that opportunity. I should have jumped on it when I, when I had the chance. You know, and I'll just, I'll be honest with you, I did that at work. Like, I had the invitations, and my boss, who asked their boss to come to church? Not this guy, but, but I did. But I was so nervous. I was like, all right, have a nice day, and I go to walk out. I'm just like, you know what you got to do? <laughs> It's like, so, Sunday, we're having our gathering. Well, uh, it's my birthday. I said, what a great way to celebrate your birthday. Yeah. She's like, ah, okay. So, and just to let you know, she's, she's not here today. But that's all right. Maybe she will be. But do we want to miss opportunities to be kingdom influencers? I think it's easy to say, no, I don't. But what does that look like in your situation? We see here, Naomi said, it's better for you to go home. Go back to your people. You don't want to be with this old woman. You don't want to. But yet, there is something going on here that, that is bigger than what Naomi was seeing. See, see remember, God sees the big picture. Amen. We always see. We have tunnel vision. <laughs> and we're like, I don't see anything. But God, in his, in his grace, in his mercy with our lives, he says, I don't want to pull that whole curtain back on your life. Because either A, you're going to be too scared. Or be evil to Amen. So he wants us to trust yeah. him. Naomi wasn't trusting here. Instead of Naomi being a person who was broken and trusting in what God could do, she was bitter. And so we're going to see what plays out here. Because if, if you look at it, um, there is the cultural side here. And the culture of that day and time was called the Leveret Law. Uh, leveret marriage. What leveret marriage is, I'm going to read it to you, is a type of marriage in which the brother of a deceased man is obliged to marry his brother's widow. So instead of her going, hey, I'm going to look for some other family to take care of you, girl, she's like, go home. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy 25.5. God, God laid it out. If brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. Now, you may be going, wait a minute, aren't they Moabite women? Well, we're going to get that in a second of how the whole Christ picture comes in to this story. All right, you with me? Yeah. All right, so cool, cool, cool. So, so, again, she chose bitterness over brokenness. She chose God's judging me rather than saying God will come through. And um, we see that there was an opportunity missed. But God doesn't go, oh my goodness, she was going to do that. I can't believe that, that Naomi went that route. No. What, what he's trying to get us, the writer is getting us to understand what God's trying to get us to understand. He's teaching me time and time again, keep your focus on me. Mm -hmm. Right? If you're going to keep looking at everything around you rather than the one who is in you, you're going to miss what I have for you. 
Are you with me there? Yeah. And that's what's playing out here. Because listen to what the book of Job says in verse uh, chapter 4, verse 5. It says, but now trouble comes to you. And you are discouraged. It strikes you. And you are dismayed. So there's not if it happens. It's when it happens. And so you and I can either choose bitterness or we can choose brokenness. Because when we come with a heart of brokenness and humility, that's when God will work. When we come with surrendering and saying, listen, I don't know how this is going to play out. Listen, we, Tina and I, we came here on faith. I remember two years ago standing in my former church and saying, I have told you for 10 years to take steps of faith, and now God's asking me to. I didn't know what was it. I didn't know Norristown was on the map. Like, in my head, figuratively. Mm-hmm. I knew Norristown was on the map. We never knew until we got connected with the organization we're with, and then they're like, you need to go check out Norristown. And as we drove through, both Tina and I, we said, we have peace to be here. And people asking, why Norristown? Why would you go there? I'm like, because people need to know Jesus. Amen. Amen. People need to know him. And that's why I wanted to pray for the other churches here. I, I'm going to put my friends on the spot, but Obed and Angie and their daughters, they, they have a church right down the street here. Healing Word Ministries. And God's doing great things through them too. So again, it's not about who can have the best church and who can have the most people. It's who can, who is willing to be a kingdom influencer yeah. and walk with people to the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now specifically here in Norristown. So those guys know that we pray for them. They pray for us. We've got to do this together. Yeah. Yeah. Naomi had two daughters-in-law that she could have influenced in a kingdom way. And yet she saw what she didn't have. And said, we can't go forward. Isn't that something? So we can choose bitterness over brokenness. We can, we can easily make excuses for giving in and giving up. But a person of kingdom influence says, I'm going with God. Yeah. Whatever the cost. Amen. And if he's good, then he's good. Yeah. He will be faithful. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's not the if, it's the when. Yes. And in the when, that's our opportunity to seize the moment to be a kingdom all right, so you with me there? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so Naomi suffered loss. Naomi missed an opportunity, but here's the redemptive picture is that Ruth saw something more. Ruth saw something more. Verse 14, I just want to look at that and then we're going to move forward. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Isn't that something? Amen. Like, again, Orpah was probably like, eh, I'll be nice to you. Yeah, I'll stay if I have to. But what happened? She said, all right, see you. It's nice knowing you. The 10 years were great. But uh, I got to go. <laughs> and, uh, and yet Ruth clung to her. This idea of there was a deep relationship there. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm holding on to you, Naomi. Now, imagine being Naomi in that moment. And you've probably had these moments where people are like, there's just something about you. You're like, what? Or how can you have like faith like that? What? Are you like I'm scared half to death? But there are people who are watching. Mm-hmm. And there must have been something in those years that she was with Naomi that she's going, I'm holding on. Because remember, it's Christ in us. Amen. That's where it's yeah. at. It's Christ in us. So so she she must have saw something in that moment. Now, listen. <laughs> Naomi, in verse 15, says, go, just go. Listen, trust me, it'll be better for you not to be here. But let's look at verses 16 through 18. I love Ruth's response. Here's what she saw more. It says, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. 
Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Okay, pretty cool. She's going to hang with her. Your people will be my people, and what? Your, Your God. God will be what? My God. My God. See, what faith that it takes for someone to go, I've seen something in you, Naomi, and I'm going that direction. Mm-hmm. Right? Naomi's given them every reason not to follow her. And to go back to Israel, to be with God's covenant people. And yet, Ruth the Moabite is saying, my God is your God, your God is my God. You know, maybe you've had those situations where you didn't even know that you were being a person of kingdom influence, and yet people are just saying, I want you to tell me what this Jesus is about. Are you with me there? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, uh, St. Francis of Assisi says, share the gospel and use words when necessary. But it's okay to share the gospel to people. Mm-hmm. Because it's what God has done in our lives. That's why mm-hmm. we're doing what we're doing. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's not who I am. It's what I do. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what you do is what you do, but who you are is a child of God. That's right. And that's what trumps but it's as a result of who you are is what God will have you do. And it may be that you're working a full-time job. It may be that you're a full-time mom. It may be that you're a student. It may mean that you, you're just doing your thing, but it's not who you are. And that's the question. Like, who is Jesus to you? That's really what it boils down to. Because she goes on to say, you know, your God will be my God. Verse 17, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. And listen, I love verse 18. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. She said, all right, enough. Okay, I get it. You want to go with me. But it was, I love the, the, the phrase, your God will be my God. See, it was so much more than a famine. It was so much more than loss of life. It was the story of redemption that was happening. A picture of what was to come. But she says, in spite of it. You know, and, and let me encourage us. It, it, you may go, I just don't know the Bible inside now. And I don't know what to say. And I, you are that unlikely influence that God will use. Just like Naomi gave the excuses. We give excuses, don't we? We're good at making excuses. Yeah. But yet what God is trying to tell us here today is that there was a woman by the name of Ruth who was selflessly devoted to Naomi. Amen. Selflessly devoted. How many of us can say that we are selflessly devoted to people or something? Because listen, at the end of the day, our hearts are bent to do what our hearts are bent to do. Because that's things for us. Amen. And yet we're seeing here that, that with this unlikely influence... The story of redemption is being played out. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so cool? Because mm-hmm. that is the big picture. What Ruth was living by, Ruth was living by faith. Naomi was living by sight. Mm-hmm. And so we do that, don't we? Amen. We live Amen. by sight. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is, you know, I know in our situation, like, hey, is it gonna is this not the church gonna work out, but like what happens if it doesn't? <clears throat> what do I do then? What if, what if, what if, what if? Do we want to live by what ifs? Or do do we want to live by faith? And say, I can give my what ifs to the Lord. And he can handle that. He can take care of that. But here's what we're going to have to do. I asked the question, who is Jesus to you? That is something you're going to have to answer in your own heart of hearts. But there's going to come a point when you and I are going to have to make a choice about Jesus. And that's why why the gospel is preached here. That's why the gospel is preached in, in other parts of the world. Because giving opportunity. God desires to have a relationship with His creation. Mm-hmm. 
And he's inviting us into his big family. Isn't that beautiful? But listen to what Joshua says in Joshua 24, verse 15. It says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. So if it's not going to be God, listen, go, go do something. But it goes on to say, but as for me, this is Joshua, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Amen. And that's, that's what we have decided as a family. Listen, if I wasn't doing this church plant, I would be in a church. I want to be a part of a community of faith. I want to grow in my faith. I want to be someone who says, I'm not going to make the excuses. I'm not going to miss the opportunities. I want people around me who are like-minded, who are kingdom-minded, who want to see the kingdom of God lived out in the world. Are you with me? And so... so so the thing is, is we will all worship something. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, each are guilty. We will all worship something. But if we look at the true source of our hope, the true source of light, the true source of life, then that changes everything. So we can choose to live bitter. We can choose to live broken. We can choose to live with excuses. Or we can live with seizing opportunities. And so really the question for you and I this morning is, how can God use me to influence others? How? How does he do that? And so this is what I want us to take away. The first is this, is through his power. Through his power. I'm not talking about Justice Leagues. I'm not talking about Wonder Women or Last Jedis. I'm talking about the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead. It's the same Spirit of God that lives in you and in me who profess faith in Jesus Christ. That's where the power lies. And so if we think it's by any other way, we'll burn out. We will come to empty every single time. And listen to what the Bible tells us. It tells us that for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. See, he didn't give us a spirit of fear. Right. You know, when you look at the book of Acts, you look at the, the, first, uh, the first century church, they didn't pray for anything but boldness. Well, they prayed for other things, but there's scripture that speaks of they prayed for boldness. They didn't pray for, God, I want you to make me timid today. And I'll just go, oh, man, do you know Jesus? Like, he rose again, like, a few years ago. No, he said, I give you a spirit of power. Power. And, and please, take this the right way. It's not in a hokey way, but I think as believers, I think we, we minimize the work of God in our lives. And it's being led by the Spirit of God. It's through His power, not just power. Not your power, but God's power. Listen, it's just like it's like with any of our devices. The moment we unplug that device, what happens? 100%, 99%, it starts dropping. The more we use it, it keeps going down. But the minute we plug that thing in, what happens? I know with the iPhone, I don't know about other devices, but with the iPhone, there's what? A charging bar. And there's a lightning bolt. Yes. That reminds us it's being charged. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage us that if it's through his power, let's stay connected to the source. Mm-hmm. And you may be thinking, well, you know, if you plug it in, you can't go anywhere. If that's the point. You abide, <laughs> you abide, you abide in Christ. Right. You hold on to him as he holds on to you. Because there's going to be times where we want to be like a little child. We want to squirm and get out. Any of you kids remember that? Your parents try to hug you and you're like, oh no, don't touch me. <laughs> Maybe just my kids. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> But at the end of the day, it's through God's power that we can have 
kingdom influence. So it's whose power? God. God. God's not yours, not mine. God's power. So check this out. If it's if it's influencing through his power, it's also through my story. Through your story. We all have a story. We all have a story of experiences. We all have stories that are probably beyond belief. But they're your story. I have to tell you a story, and this is the God's honest truth. My wife can vouch. Uh, we, we, when we lived in Canada, we had uh, a couple that was living with us as they were getting a house to go church plant in another part of Toronto. And we went out to go get a movie. Uh, at, you, you can rent movies, people. Kids, yeah, there was a day we went actually to a store and you gave a card and they gave you, you know, a movie where now everything's like streaming. Right? But here's the thing. So we went to the local Blockbuster and uh, we rented a movie. And so on the way back, we stop at this intersection. And all of a sudden, there's like five kids that come right in the middle of the intersection. And they're fighting, literally fighting. And so people getting out of their cars, like yelling at them and trying to break it up. And they're yelling back. And then... Um, they start running off, and the light turns green, and my buddy says, we're going to get them. And I don't know what came over me, but I said, let's go. And so where we were, there was a walking trail. So he literally takes his little Honda CRV, turns onto the walking trail, and starts going down. And I'm like, we're going to get these kids. We're going to get them. So we catch up to two of them. I grab one of them, put him up on the car, and he's like, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. We were just shooting a video. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you're shooting you're out in the middle of the street beating the tar out of each other and you're telling me you're shooting a video please don't hurt us I was like man we should call the police on you and so we get back and, and the ladies are like what took you so long and we're like you're just not going to <laughs> and so that was a big running joke like Pastor Beat's teenage kid you know <laughs> somewhere in <laughs> <over> Toronto <laughs> But why I share that with you? That's my story. You can go, yeah, that's made up. That's stupid. No, it's not. I'm telling you, it really happened. And when God gets a hold of your life and changes your heart, there's nothing but you cannot take that away. That's my story. God changed my heart. God changed my life. For not just for you know eternity, but for now. Because yeah. listen, let me remind you, the good news wasn't just a one-time deal. See, if we're in His Word and we're looking how good He is good news is still today. Amen. And so listen listen to what it, the Bible says, if I can get this pulled up again. It says this in Romans 10, 15. It says, How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are those of the feet who bring good news. Amen. So, so listen, listen. Here's the, here's the cool thing. Um, we're all pastors. We all have the ability to preach through God's power our story. Think about that for a second. God's just asked me to do this professionally. But each of us has the opportunity to preach good news because there may be people in your life who are just wondering, who's going to go? Who's going to come and tell me this good news? I'm looking for hope. You know, one of the things that we were shared with when we first got here to Norristown was there's a sense of hopelessness. I said, oh no, there's hope. There's hope in the person of Jesus. That's where there is hope. So listen, um, in this story of Naomi, I want you to understand it's a story of redemption. There's God's story is the upper story, and it's a story of redemption. The lower story is our story of how God has changed us in our lives. So there's a beautiful story of Naomi. We may think, man, that woman, she should have got her act together. She was part of Israel's covenant people and this, that, and a third. But guess what? God still used it anyway. Because why? Ruth said, I'm going where you're going. Your God will be my God. Isn't that something? That's how God works. So we have to remember that through God's power, God's got it. 
And then what we're responsible for and what we have control over is our story. See, a lot of times we want to say, God, you love them and we'll change them. But God says, I want you to love them and I'll change them. So that's how we're kingdom influencers. So, so I, want to, I want to leave this with you. Is uh, In the story of Ruth, so like we just ended where Naomi's like, all right, I'll quit. I'll quit. I'll quit. You're going to go with me. All good. But listen to what it says in, in, the, end of, in, in the end of the book of Ruth. I'm going to read you two verses, and then we're going to hit some other verses. Verse 13 says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, you didn't think he'd do that in church today, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Now, let me give you in the middle, because here's what happened. Remember the idea of a relative, the lever at law? So they needed, she was going to find somebody who was what was called a kinsman redeemer. And that kinsman redeemer was Boaz. And yet Boaz went to another man and said, listen, if you buy Naomi's property now that the husband's dead, you've got to take this girl with you. And he's like, mm-mm, no, 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 no. The land, yeah, girl, no. Um, but here, here's, here's how it plays out. Guess what? Boaz makes sure that's okay. And he took Ruth as his wife. He was her kinsman's redeemer. Now, let's, uh, if you, if you uh, have, have a few more moments... Let's look at Matthew chapter 1. I want you to... Oh, verse 17, I'm sorry. Let's go to verse 17 of Ruth. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. That's important because we've got to go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. There we go. Got to get it all in context. So listen, starting in verse uh, 5. Uh, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. See, in a lineage, mm-hmm. in that day and time, women rarely were put in a genealogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So look what's happening here. Okay, so that's verse 6. Look at verse 16. This is what I love. And Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Amen. See, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Mm. See, Jesus took us when no one else would. Jesus said, I'll I'll, I'll die for you when no one else will. And yet all he asks us to do is say, you will be my God. You will be my Lord and Savior. See, I think too often we want God just to save us, the Savior part. We don't like the Lord part. Because salvation is free. And I always say this, and I'll say it again today. Salvation does not have to be worked for, it has to be worked at. So if God has changed your heart and life, you can choose to be a kingdom influencer. God's not going to force you, but he's saying if you want to make an impact for, for my kingdom, my name, my renown, guess what? Let's begin to do this. And that's the story that we see of an unlikely influence. You may feel that you're an unlikely influence. You may feel that your excuses outweigh your faith. You may feel that, listen, I don't have all the right answers. God didn't say have all the right answers. He said have an answer for the hope that you have when you're ever asked. But get in his word. Take time. Be in his presence. And and get to know him for him. It's easy to believe in God, but he wants us to believe him. Are you with me? Amen. And so, so in spite of your shortcomings, in spite of your excuses, even in spite of your fears, God would use that. He says, if you just go in there, I'll show you great things. Amen. And I believe that is to be here in Norristown or wherever you came from today. Mm-hmm. I believe that's a truth that we can hold on to. And so as the worship team comes back up, I'm gonna, I just want to close with a couple of things to, to challenge you and encourage you this morning. And uh, 
So if God's asking us to be, go ahead, you take that. If God's asking you to be a kingdom influencer, where where in your life are the excuses coming? Just think about that for a second. And and if if, if today you're saying I'm going to be a king kingdom influencer, let me ask you this: Who are you clinging on to? See, it said Ruth clung to Naomi. Ruth lived by faith. Naomi lived by sight. Where in your life are you living by sight? Mm. Where in your life are you saying, you know what, the circumstances are outweighing what I believe that God can do? And let me ask you this. How would your situation change if you put your hope in Jesus rather than the circumstance? See, Jesus is speaking to us today through this story of redemption. Amen. And see, what he did was he said, I had, a, I had a specific people group called the Nation of Israel, but this story gave us a picture of through Christ, salvation was available to all. Mm-hmm. He is our kinsman redeemer. He is the water that we need. You know, there's a story in John chapter 4 where this woman goes to the well and says, well, if I have water, I'm only going to be, I'll be thirsty in just a little bit. And Jesus says, what I have, this water will keep you refreshed. Mm-hmm. All of yeah. And so as we as we close with this last song, I want you to just take time to reflect because this song is going to talk about leaving it all behind. I don't know what you have to leave behind, 